This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hi, everybody. This is Mark Meadows from Top Step Trader. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We have a great rewind episode for you. This is a conversation between our own Eddie Horn and Lydia Finkley. Lydia is a great foreign exchange trader who found her footing after blowing up a number of trading accounts. That's something that really resonated with me and I'm sure resonates with some of you out there. And she talks about how she finally found her footing and finally became a consistently profitable trader. And it's really, really great just talking with her. So I'm really looking forward to re-listening to this episode. But before we do, I wanted to weigh in on something, which is the March non-farms payrolls report. As you probably know, the first Friday of the month is one of the most important numbers for the U.S. economy, and that's because we release the non-farm payroll and unemployment rate. This month, the report showed that 196,000 people found jobs while the unemployment rate held steady at 3.8%. These are historically low unemployment rates. When we compare this economic performance to other countries around the world, Canada actually lost 7,000 jobs in March. Across the pond, Europe is slowing, with Germany potentially entering a recession by the end of the year. What's this mean for markets? Capital is flowing into the United States from all across the world. That's why you see U.S. equity futures and Treasury futures rising in tandem since December. The U.S. dollar is also rising against its rival. These are the trends at the moment. If you recognize and embrace them, your trading account will thank you. So without further ado, let me toss it over to Eddie for this Rewind episode with Forex trader Lydia Finkley. Lydia Finkley has been investing in equities for 20 years and actively trading currencies for 10 years. Uh, she's been a special guest on Forex radio shows like FX Street's Live Analysis Room, featured in Forbes magazine, CNN Money, and co-author and contributor to StockTwit's Edge and Trading. Best of the best, blogs of trades and ideas at Faith Might FX. Uh, her articles can also be found on popular Forex websites such as StockTwits FX, Forex Pros, and Bazinga, just to name a few. Lydia has founded, advised, and invested in several different startups in the past 13 years. In 2012, Lydia expanded her portfolio into Africa and is looking to make a bigger footprint on the continent. I'd like to welcome Lydia Finkley. Lydia, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Thank you very much for, for being with us here. And uh, we've got uh, Sean McFarlane all the way to the West Coast. Hello, Sean. Good morning, Eddie. Good morning, Lydia. Very nice to have you. Now, now Lydia, uh, if you could, um, I just sort of did a hmm, career bio. Uh, <laughs> if you can, give us a little background on uh, where you got started, who got you started, um, and uh, where did you get the itch, the bug that uh, we all do have right now? So, um, interestingly, it was my mom who got me started in Forex in particular, but um, trading in general, uh, she, when, when most kids were getting savings accounts, she opened up a money market account for me with Charles Schwab. And in, in high school, when I learned about the stock markets, I thought, Oh, that's interesting. And I went to um, Charles Schwab. I actually went in the branch 
And uh, I was, what, 17, 18 years old. And I said, you know, I would like to trade some stocks. And they just looked at me like, well, you have to have an account. And I said, oh, I have an account. And I had my bank statements with me, my account statements with me. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, okay, well, sit down with this, you know, um, representative here. And uh, I bought my first few mutual funds um, before going off to college. Uh, and that served me well. It um, paid for a trip abroad. I took a study abroad trip, paid, gave me some spending money. Um, and that's really what got me going um, with just trading. And, you know, by, back then it was uh, it will investing. Back then it was buy and hold, right? That word. I bought it. I held it. It was fine. Um, and then 10 years ago, actually, after graduating college, um, I came back home and my mom said, you know, come with me to this seminar because um, back then it was a system that was being sold and she's, you know, you can trade currencies. And mm-hmm. I was like, you, you can't do that. And as soon as I said you can't, I realized you must be able to. Um, and so <laughs> I went with her to this seminar and learned about, you know, real cursory look at the Forex markets. You can buy, up, buy you can buy, you, you can't and sell. Um, it's a 24-hour market. And I just was very interested. I started trading and um, I was pretty much hooked on actively trading Forex. You, you got hooked. You got started uh, and uh, family member, or that was your mother, right? Yes. Mom got you started, that's cool. Now, education, Lydia, how did you go about learning the market? What was your, uh, your mainstay on education? So, um, Gratefully, so even though um, I got into the Forex market by uh, subscribing to a system, um, I they had a lot of great education and support, and so I actually met my mentor through that company. And uh, I would follow him, he had a radio show at the time, um, and I would listen to him, and then I started calling in, and we started building a rapport. Um, and I would just, you know, ask my questions. But I really, um, I really learned a lot of, from him: technical analysis, support, resistance, um, Fibonacci retracements, uh, breakouts, breakdowns. I really learned all those kind of ins and outs um, from him, and my interaction with him really just. Um, watching the markets, listening to him, and and getting my questions answered. Mm -hmm. And I think I did that over the course of three years. Lydia, take us back. Let's let's go back in time a little bit here to the early days of trading. What was it like for you? Wow. Um, It was... uh, it was like exhilarating. It was a whirlwind. I mean, the Forex markets were like, no, they were not like equity markets, right? And um, I mean, I stayed up all night. I was already a night owl. So it fell right in line with, with um, my schedule anyway. Um, and I was trading all through the night and the markets were much more liquid than they were now. Well, they move much more volatilely than they do now even. Um, I mean, back then in the early 2000s, things could rip 400 pips and turn around in an hour, another 500 pips in the opposite direction. So it was a whirlwind. I mean, it was exciting. Um, It was exciting. And funnily, right around that time, I had my first child. So she was up all night and we were looking at markets together. Where is your focus here uh, with trading? Um, when I'm actively trading, I'm trading Forex market, um, Forex, I'm great, trading the Great British Pound and the major crosses. So I have six pairs that I'm looking at um, every day, um, day in and day out. 
And then there's other pairs that I'm looking at, you know, obviously the Euro dollar, the dollar yen, um, the dollar Canadian uh, dollar. So, um, but I'm really just concentrating my my trading on the pound and the some of those pound crosses. Let me talk about over trading and being unsuccessful. I gosh, I think uh, a lot of us have uh, entered that doorway and uh, found out there was just another few doors that we had to get through that were locked. But uh, eventually we get through those doors. It's it's if you've got the passion and the desire uh, in this business. And um, obviously you had the passion and desire. Tell us about uh, some of the the situations of overtrading and the unsuccessful trading uh, that you had and what you did to get yourself on track and move forward. Sure. So, yeah, in the beginning, um, I like I said, I, I traded all times of the night and I was constantly putting in orders and, and, and putting in orders. I was constantly pulling the trigger. Uh, so I was doing market orders, uh, and, and I was watching constantly, constantly, constantly. Um, completely overtraded. I blew up two accounts, um, letting winners, um, letting cutting winners short because you know I was actively in the markets, but letting the losers really run because I didn't want to take the loss, and I know it's going to turn around. Um, and so I went through two accounts that way, and I took, I had to, I took some months off after doing that and i mean like two accounts very quickly took some months off just watching markets and then when i did come back into the market i came back with a much smaller uh, account size and what that did for me was make me much more disciplined in my position sizing and in the trades that i actually took so i realized i was over trading but i didn't really understand at that time um the special skill and knowledge or know-how to set my position sizes. Um, so I was going way too big in, in, in many instances, not big enough. In, you know, you never go big enough when you're winning anyway. But, mm, sure. um, you know, so I was going, so I wasn't understanding how important the size of the position was also in turn, in, um, along with my entries and exits. So I really had to take a step back. I took a smaller account and really got started to train myself to be more disciplined in executing trades. And as that account grew, then I was obviously able to take bigger positions. But because by that time, I was already being very discriminated in what I was um, pulling a trigger on, um, and, and now I was starting to set orders and instead of trading market live and doing market orders, um, I was able to grow the account because now I can take a bigger position, but I'm being more disciplined in the trades that I'm executing. All right, so, so it, it took a few markets in the Forex to find one that you yeah, you were comfortable with that was sort of uh, being your friend, if you want to call it. Now, um, just reading over uh, what you have did here, um, one of the things I think is, is very smart that some traders might say, ah, I can't do that, and other traders are like, that's a great idea, is only trade several times a week and check into the markets at precise times each day uh, th th instead of following it consist uh, consistently, instead of following it consistently. And I think that uh, this transition is, is a very successful one. Explain that a little bit more. Sure. So I think a lot of us start off active day trading. 
and we're so that you're always in the market you're always taking um, entering and exiting entering and exiting and part of that transition for me was to become a swing trader and so then i was holding positions and then if you're holding positions that means you really need to be smart about where you're exiting and being very deliberate about um i'm sorry where you're entering and being very deliberate about where you're exiting so because i can i became i'm a swing trader now and i'm holding positions I know I can look at the markets at certain times of the day. So usually it's going to be the London Open um, and it's going to be through the New York Open or even maybe the, even the New York Fix. So um, I know I, can, I, I am going to analyze markets, actively trade in those markets. And, and since I'm setting orders anyway, I'm just watching price action. A lot more news happens there. And that just works for me. Then throughout the rest of the day, I can just look at price. Like I don't need to look at the charts. I need to. I don't need to be in front of charts. But I'm a trader and I love the market, so I'm going to constantly look at price. You know, just check at price. Where's price? Where Where are the levels? But as far as like executing trades and doing analysis, I'm just doing that only during those times every single day. Um, and then, but I'm not trading. And so a lot of people will confuse that with I'm constantly putting on trades. No. So a lot of that is just trade management, right? So we're just, you know, I might execute a trade on a Tuesday morning and hold that through next week. Well, for the rest of those days, then I'm really just checking price action, watching the news, seeing how markets are reacting to news and, and um, exiting and, and watching my trades that way. So a lot of my time is spent just managing trades um, because I'm holding them for such a long time. I don't need to actively trade. Um, I tell traders who are trying to make that leap, well, if you feel like you have to do something, just set an order. You know, don't pull a market order. Don't pull the triggers. Just set an order and feel like you've done something. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just learning to, to scale back the frequency of our trading and being very deliberate about setting a routine, um, a daily routine, since we're dealing with these 24-hour markets. It's one thing you mentioned, management, and that is just so important. Yeah. Uh, not only do you need to manage your account, you need to manage yourself. Uh, yeah. a, another very uh, important word is is patience is you know not rushing a trade like like you have it. You've got certain times where uh, you're not constantly logging in, looking at the market, looking at the market. You know precisely when you want to look at the market uh, another thing is uh is the discipline uh, discipline it's, it's it's it isn't something that a lot of traders come into the industry with and you know you get sort of caught up in all the excitement yeah. and you know that's i think where if we can go back a little bit talking about the uh, the over trading uh, you know a part of that is 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 going to just destroy an account you, you went through two which honestly um that's pretty good that's pretty good that's, that's not too bad uh talk talk to a lot of other people and uh, they're still burning accounts they still have not got traction but when i talk about discipline particularly in forex you know uh, never finding the trading strategy that suits their personality how did you find that trading strategy that you embraced and it embraced you back? So I started trading everything. I mean, I traded all the currency pairs. And so, I mean, the Aussie Kiwi, the Aussie dollar, the Kiwi, I mean, I traded all of them. And I started to really 
resonate with the pound dollar in particular. I found it. So when I, when I met my mentor and I started to learn more about um, technical analysis, I really took a liking to the Fibonacci's um, um, retracement level and the pound really honors and respects those levels. So when I found that, so I, you know, I find, I find a currency pair that's kind of following these rules on a very consistent basis. And I have a nice technical, very technical, stark and objective way to come at that pair. I started to scale down and I said, okay, I'm only going to trade the pound dollar. And I traded just the pound dollar, maybe for some several months, just with the pound dollar and doing my technical analysis. And from there I said, okay, let me look at some other pound pairs. But I kept to the pound because the pound to me just moved so technically well in accordance with the Fibonacci. Uh, and that just resonated so much with me. I'm able to find entries. I'm able to, to size up and manage the risk um, very well. And I just really abandoned everything else. So it's funny. I meet traders now. And, you know, you don't trade the euro dollar. No, I don't trade it at all. I look at it because it's a nice dollar proxy. Um, it's one of the most liquid pairs in the market but I do not trade it at all. I, I stick to my six pairs. I follow some other ones, but I think it's, um, you know, for me and I tell others, like you really want to find pairs that uh, resonate with your personality. So I know I have a friend who trades, she's a Canadian. She trades um, some of the pound pairs, but she also trades, you know, a lot of the Canadian crosses and, you know, that's what resonates with her. So, really, really finding the pairs in, uh, in Forex, finding those currency pairs that really resonate with your personality. They don't move the same. Some people can't stomach the pound dollar at all and think I'm crazy where, where I can't, I don't understand people who trade the yen on a regular basis. I think it's goofy. So it's really about finding those um, pairs that they, and they, you're right, they do resonate with your personality and then having the discipline to stick to them. You don't have to do all you don't have to trade the universe or trade what another person is trading lydia something mentioned um that i wanted to bring up cash is a position i think it's a really interesting way to look at your trading account you don't always have to be in a position to be trading can you explain can you break down the term cash is a position yeah sure i, I mean i think that staying out of the market or staying in a on the sideline is as much of a position as being in a trade long or short. Um, and mostly I just mean that you don't always have to be on. You don't, you know, sometimes you're just not going to find a setup and that's okay. You're in cash and that's a good place to be because when the opportunity does arise, you're able to strike. Um, you know, it's, I think it's even more heartbreaking when you see a great setup and you're already over, you're overextended, you know, you're, you're already in a whole bunch of trades or you don't have enough capital because you, you burn, you've burned through it all and you don't have the capital to take that great trade. So I think, I think traders should really understand that being out of the markets is a golden opportunity. It's an opportunity to actually find that best trade where everything is lined up and you have the momentum behind you to actually get, you know, some profits out in a good amount of time now new traders in the business we're, we're trading electronic 
There's a lot of opportunity now for the stay-at-home dads, the soccer moms, uh, those at home that can can log in. And uh, actually, you know, we've got traders here that have the nine-to-five jobs. Log in early. Maybe if the opportunity is right, put a trade on. Go to work, come back, maybe at night, just turn it on. So, I mean, it's it's maybe like a second job slash hobby. But what I want to ask you, Lydia, is can new traders that may be struggling with the same issues that you faced early in your career get better? And do you have um, any, if I can ask, um, Lydia secrets or Lydia ways to uh, to remember as you're trading uh, to get you by these difficult times yeah I would say first is develop a routine so make sure you're coming and and be consistent make sure you're coming at the markets every day at a very at a very particular time of the day and get used to doing that I think a lot of things that um, work against traders, um, newer trader is that they are just coming in whenever they have the time, especially when they do have uh, a, a first job and a whole life. You know, you're just coming in whenever you can fit time in. I think it's critical to carve out a special amount of time to do this job. That would be the first thing. The second thing would be to find a system, find a way of trading, even if it has to be, or, or a mentor, um, probably better to be with somebody, paired up with somebody, an actual person, find that mentor who can teach you a way of trading with an understanding that you will develop that, that, that will develop into something more nuanced that's particular to you. Um, so, you know, get into a style, get into a flow but know exactly, just have some rules and, you know, and somebody you can talk to and um, kind of bounce ideas off of. And then lastly, which I know is not what a lot of people would say, but I would say trade real money as soon as you can. So use the demo accounts to learn the system and to find your time and figure out your routine and get into real money as soon as you can, because the sooner you can start to learn how to manage your psychology and your emotions and your psyche, the faster you can get through that learning curve. Lydia, do you ever find yourself in a position that uh, you shouldn't be in or um, a position where you're not using your strategy? Uh, what would you do in those situations? Yes. So foolishly, I'm, I'll, I hold <laughs> I hold trying to be right. Um, but you know, a lot of times I'll just, uh, I'll cut the trade, you know, and, and when I'm cutting trades, it's really for like, you know, a, maybe a loss of t uh, 10 pips, 12 pips. Um, I, I don't like to, I don't like to stay in trades that I know I didn't follow the rules. So, you know, the, you know, but I'm going to take this thing anyway. Um, I like to really try to exact patience, but really just taking that loss, and stepping away, you know, really, you got to step away. I, I mean, one of my own little rules is that I'm not going to jump in a trade in the same pair after I've come out of that trade. Win, win or lose, I don't want to trade that pair again. I got to give it like 24 hours, not just to let price action play out so you can really get a clearer sense, but also to just to let my own, my own uh, uh, mind capital rebuild again as well. 
And so really understanding that not only are we managing capital and money, that we're also managing our own mindsets and emotions. Um, so when you're in a trade that is not working or when you know you went against your rules, after you can come out of that trade, come out of the markets too. Try to just step back and then come back with fresh eyes and, and, a, and a fresher mindset. I like that. I like that. Good stuff. Uh, Lydia, I'm new to trading and uh, we've just become friends. And I want to know, Lydia, you're a successful trader. I'm just getting started right now. What's your best piece of advice that you could give me in starting with electronic trading, starting into the Forex? I would say get on Twitter and stop Twits and follow those, um, the Forex traders. And they are, we're a good bunch. We share tremendously. I would say learn, learn as much as you can. Try to find a mentor. Um, I don't think in this day and age with social media that any of us need to do, take our route and go at it alone. Um, I was lucky enough to find my mentor very early in my career, probably about six months in. Um, you really want to get connected. So with social media, it's, it's, um, it's incredible how quickly you can make connections and how much people are willing to share and just reach out. I've had so many new traders reach out to me um, looking for, uh, for mentoring, looking for, you know, a, a class or from teachings. And so that's what I would say. I would really say, you know, this is something that you want to get into, get connected, join these communities. It's so much easier now with social media, join these communities and, and find pe good people that you can learn from. And, and, you know, um, be be deliberate about your following list. You know, you can follow a whole bunch of people and follow the people who aren't who aren't serving you. Be don't be afraid to do so. No one knows. You're not hurting anyone's feelings, you know, and really just cur curate your list, curate your following list so that you're really following the best people. Right. And especially in this business, I think you can agree being direct is probably your best bet uh, in about anything. Uh, now, Lydia, would you be able to share a trading adventure with us? Oh, yeah. How, how, how about, let, let's do this one. How about, let's go from one extreme to the other. Let's talk about your scariest trade you ever made. What was the scariest trade that Lydia has had ever made? This was, I mean, maybe this was a couple of years. I've been trading Forex for a couple of years. I took a trade on maybe it was a couple months. I took a trade on the pound yen. Oh my goodness. I mean, then the pound yen could move. I mean, it moved against me, maybe 300 pips. You guys, I mean, I was just oh. looking at this thing. And it, was, it was under an hour. It was under an hour. I was just looking at this thing like, Oh my God, OMG. what do I do? I know my brain is saying, I mean, my brain said 150, 50 to hundred pips ago, cut the trade, cut the trade. I mean, I'm just looking at this thing. I'm looking and looking and looking. And finally, it bounced where I could get out lost. I mean, it was a devastating loss. And I, I didn't trade the pound yen for about 10 years after that. I oh. did not touch that thing. I think I, ju I just started trading the pound yen ago about two years ago. Like, that's how scarred I was with that trade. I mean, the pound yen was brutal back then. Mm. It's calmed down a lot more. I can trade it now. I can stomach it more now. But... That devastated me. Like, I didn't touch the yen. I, I just thought if you traded the yen, you were absolutely out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs>
how about okay? Let, let's let's turn the tables there. All right, that one seemed pretty scary. How about what was your uh, most victorious trade? Now, it doesn't have to be about money. It's just got to be about saying, you know what, I got your market. Yes. Okay. I actually took a screenshot of this one too. <laughs> um, it was actually a trade in the pound Aussie. And I mean, it just, it was just beautifully set up. I mean, I set it up on the daily chart. The daily time frame is my bread and butter. I, that's just my most favorite time frame to trade. It's, it was a Fibonacci move. Um, I don't know the pound doll. I think the pound Aussie was, I think it was ripping, I think to the downside, it bounced, it bounced beautifully right into that 50 fib. It hit my order. I had set that order maybe a couple days prior. So I've been waiting for this trade. I've been watching it. I didn't pull the trigger early. I didn't chase the trade. The market came to me. It hit, I mean, to the pip, it hit and it ripped for like 200 pips for the next several days. I mean, it was just a beauty. Um, it actually hit my target. So I didn't even touch this trade, right? It hit my target. And I just had to screenshot that chart because it was just excellent. It was textbook, you mm -hmm. know, it was a move. It bounced to a 50% correction. It dropped in that, you know, went back in the same direction, dropped, hit my limit. I mean, it was, it was gorgeous. It was just, that was one of the best trades ever. So that, that that's, that's the kind of trading I want to do where I set my orders and it hits, it hits the target and it hits the entry and it hits the target. Like, that's the best thing, you know, and I was able to move the stop to break even, protect it. But that was the beauty. I mean, uh, yeah, mm. I still have that that screenshot. Hey, traders, this is Mark Meadows from Top Step Trader. I just wanted to break in quickly here because I know Lydia is talking a lot about the early struggles that she had trading in her account and how she blew up a couple of accounts. And I wanted to let you guys know that we have a free weekly performance coaching session uh, that anyone out there can join so all you need to do is go to topsteptrader.com slash weekly coaching and that will uh, provide you with the details to get in on our Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central uh, free performance coaching session where you can ask questions, talk with John Hoagland uh, and our team of performance coaches. It's something that I think you may really enjoy. Again, that's topsteptrader.com slash weekly coaching, uh, and it's free to join. So hope to see you all there next Wednesday. Now, Lydia, let, let's let's have a little fun here. Let's let's go back into time. I've got a time machine, and I'm inviting you on it, and we're going to go back in time uh, with Lydia, way back okay. uh, when you were a little girl and uh, didn't really know what career you wanted to do and, and where you wanted to progress. But what's one thing when you started out, what would you tell yourself? What would that be? Something that you can whisper in your ear and say, hey, this is what you got to do. You know, for me, I think I always said I need to study. And it's not like book study so much, but it's just like, I just need to know this thing. You know, I, I mean, I read a lot when I was younger. And so if I was interested in something, actually how I taught myself how to code, um, I just, my dad had a bunch of computer books and we just got, you know, the big candy computers and, uh, you know, doing command line do, um, MS-DOS. 
And he had a book and I read it and, you know, I did some of those simple computer programs and I loved it. And so I just kept going. So for me, I just, you know, if, if I want to know a thing, I'm going to study it. I made my parents buy Encyclopedia Britannica and the World Book Encyclopedia because that's, I, I needed it. <laughs> if I want to know something, I need to pick up and read it. Um, so yeah, like, so now, you know, when my kids ask me anything, it's like, well, that sounds like a great research project. <laughs> you do your research. Oh, mom, never mind. I'm like, no, go Google it. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. See, yeah, I tell you, they've got the Google now. I mean, I was the same thing. I needed the encyclopedia. I had the library card, you know, yes. uh, bug your parents, please drop me off at the library. I'll be okay. Pick me up in yeah. 10 hours. Yeah, I, man, we used to have study groups at the library. Like, that was my crowd. So, you know, I, yeah. So my thing was always study. Mm. I was always study. It was always just figure, not just figure it out, but just, you know, learn about it. You know, learn about it. Some things you're just going to be like, oh, okay, I know about it, and I'm not interested anymore. And other things, you just will strike a passion within you. Right. Passion. I tell you, that that is such an important word uh, for success. You want it. Mm. It's there. You go and get it. Go after it. Mm -hmm. You got it. All right. Lydia, uh, I'd like to thank you very much for being with us here. Uh, hopefully, we'd be able to get you back again. I think we've just sort of uh, scraped the surface here. I think uh, we have a, uh, a great trading relationship. I'll give you a call back again. But what I wanted to ask you is... Where can people find you online? You're just so oh. interesting and so educational. Um, where could others find you? Thank you. Um, find me on Twitter. So my handle is uh, Faith Might, you know, Faith, F-A-I-T-H-M-I-G-H-T. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter. You can find me on um, Facebook. Um, and you can find me on the stock twits and I'm starting to foray into Instagram. So you can find me there as well. All my handles are faith might, um, and, um, check out my blog. You know, if you just want to learn more, I try to do some, um, trading analysis. I haven't, uh, I post a little less frequently than I used to, but check out my blog. It's faithmightfx.com, And that's where you can find, uh, more about me. You can find my articles, which I post for free. But if you're looking at you want some mentoring or some teaching just to kind of get you through this learning curve, I have a great eight month program um, that you can find more about there on the blog. Um, and uh, you can also invest with me. So I'm a registered investment advisor now. And um, so everything starts and ends at the blog. FaithMyFX.com. Brilliant. Awesome. Now, before we leave, Faith Might. All right, yeah. you take both of those words, and they are two very strong words. Yes. How'd you put those two together? My first two babies. <laughs> so my my daughter's name is Imani. Her name means faith. Uh, my son's name is Jelani, and it means might, like strength. Um, and so I put those two together, uh, and that has been my handle, I mean, since since I started, like, what, 2009 when I entered, um, started on Twitter. And... Um, it's really been a, it's been a mantra. It's been a, it's been a, it's just been a mantra, you know, get after it. You know, faith might trade, faith might, you know, be a millionaire. Faith might figure this thing out, right? So, yeah, that's where it comes from. Lydia, have a great time trading successfully uh, with your students. Be Thank the mentor. You. Really loved you being on with us. 
and uh, hopefully, like I said, we'll get you back again here and uh, we'll talk some more. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you. All right. Take care, lady. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hogue, I love that conversation. How uh, realistic and to the truth that is. You know, uh, John, a lot of traders start out, uh, experience setbacks, they isolate themselves, and they go downwards into a spiral. Uh, it does take a while to either find uh, a community like we have here at Top Step Trader, or reach out to a mentor for help like like you, yourself. Absolutely. Now, as someone who runs a trading community, uh, talking to a trading mentor, she was preaching to the choir when she said her number one piece of advice was to join Twitter for the community and find a trading mentor. Uh, what's your take on that? Oh, I couldn't agree more. I, I, you know, I've had several trading mentors and trading psychologists through through my career here and and i can't even tell you how much they've made a difference yeah one thing also is uh she realized um what she needed to do and uh, you know sometimes uh someone else's trading problems can relate to something that you need to fix and sometimes uh, the answers of someone going through something first and finding a way out or finding a correction or a, a, a fine tune to get themselves back on track. I mean, that does help. And being in a community helps that, that factor. Yeah, it most certainly does. At least it gives you the, the presence of mind to know that it's not just going to be easy all the way through. You know, we've, we've talked about it before. You know, how many years does it take to get to your overnight success? Well, that's a question that really doesn't have an answer until you can actually, first off, believe in yourself, trust your decisions, and be very methodical uh, going through each of your decisions. One thing, you know, we talk about here, and I uh, I was talking to Danny on our last podcast uh, about the checklist. You know, have a checklist ready, even if it's very basic. I know a lot of people have a basic checklist before they start trading during their trade and after the trade and some have a a, a larger checklist um, that throughout the day they ask themselves questions uh, on each and every trade absolutely it's all in the framework that you put over the market and in the framework that you use to address the trading environment now uh, something lydia mentioned and i know we were talking about this uh, outside of this podcast but she said, if you feel like you have to do something, set an order. What was she talking about? Well, it's something that I think every trader deals with uh, on a day-to-day -day basis and, and pretty much for their whole career. We all tend to try and over-trade because we believe we're, we are traders, and if we're going to be traders, we have to trade. And if we're not trading, what are we doing? We're not doing anything. And, and I think you, you know people kind of get caught up in the idea that, well, you know, I'm not seeing anything here, but I got to do something, so I'm just going to try and take this trade. I love the idea that she just, if she, you know, she was an overtrader, right. she deals with that by if there's nothing going on, if she's not seeing anything in the market, she just will place an order far away from the market just so she feels like she's doing something.
Right. Something, as you said, far away from the market. Yeah. So it's, there's, uh, I tell you, if it does get hit, congratulations. But in reality, the thing is just to have a position on away from what's going on. Just right something, now. something working to make you feel like you are doing something. Right. And of course, uh, as you mentioned earlier, make sure that you cancel it and don't forget about it. Uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Another thing she did, uh, what was very smart, which I think we should all duly note, is scaling back. Uh, now, uh, you know, being here at Top Step Trader and, and, and working with electronic traders for many years, a lot of new traders like to come in and, excuse my English, but balls out. Oh, yeah, guns blazing. Right. And, you know, I've got uh, all these charts up. I'm watching seven different markets. I've got some uh, three other on the side that I might be looking at. And here's the thing. You don't need to impress anybody. What you need to do is to make sure that you're making yourself um, educationally sound. You're making yourself happy as a trader, uh, making sure that this is something that you want to do. And you want to make sure, I mean, by all means, that uh, when you are trading, you're trading for tomorrow. I, absolutely. And if you are over-trading, you're over-leveraging, doing too many markets, doing too much, you're really just kind of setting yourself up not to succeed. You know, you right. really want to be able to stay in the game. Uh, the uh, To be able to sustain an account is an accomplishment. Right. Sustain that account and grow from there. It's on the trading floor. I learned this. What would, you know, the, there's three kinds of trades, all right? You've got your winning trade and you've got your losing trade. And there's a second, they call it the best, second best trade. And what's that trade? A scratch. A scratch, being flat. And the thing is, um, we talked to Michael Potok uh, occasionally, and one of his goals was to be a scratch trader. Um, you know, and it, if you doesn't, if you don't think it makes sense, think about it, because what you're doing is, uh, you're you're actually, uh, you're actually giving yourself the opportunity to stay in the game. Yeah. Okay, um, you're keeping your head above water. You're you're not making a losing day. You're not making a winning day. But the thing is, once you get to that point, it's a great starting point. It's a great uh, launching board. Uh, to turn your trades around and start putting profit on. Yeah, I call it buying time. Buying time. Buying time. Yeah, and that's one thing that you've said. This is, uh, you know, um, you consider losing trade buying education. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And paying, you, paying for your education. Right. And you consider the scratch buying time. Buying time. And then uh, the winning trade buying a, a boat. Yes. Yes. Buy a boat and a, and a nice uh, new car. Hey, over time, anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. That's the beauty of this environment is you can get what you what you can. Right. And, you know, as I was saying, some of the newer traders coming in, you said guns are blazing. Um, I said something else. But this is something you need to realize. Um, one of the things I like to sort of uh, compare it to um, is take one market. Learn one market. If you're serious about success in trading, um, Maybe you might have a backup market, maybe a third market watching, but but focus on one market. The thing I like to compare it to is, is John, if it, there's seven days in a week, right? Yes. And it, let's just say that uh, you're single again, and uh, you date a different girl every day of the week. Wow. 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 <laughs> it's, I, I'm not, it, it's close to reality, because you are that handsome guy. But the, the thing is, <laughs> how serious do you want a relationship 
when you're doing when you're focusing seven different things um, in one week. In time. one week, yeah, yeah, you're not serious about any of those relationships. Not at all. Not at all. So play it like that, and uh, you know, focus on a market that works for you. Let me ask you, John, how does a trader find a market that works for him or her? You know what? It just takes time. You you have to spend a little time looking at it, spend a little time playing with it. It's like, you know, you know you want to be an athlete, but you don't know whether you want to play soccer, baseball, hockey, um, basketball, or um, tennis. Right. You got to try each of them and find out which one works for you. Find which one, which one you know, kind of flips your switch, and then focus on that. Right. Exactly. Keyword: What works for you and uh, Lady, what she did is she scaled her trading back, and uh, she did this by cutting her account size, right? Slowed everything down, tapped the brake. So it's really interesting how we have to force ourselves into developing new habits. I think that's a great example of um, you don't need more to make money. You don't need a bigger account. You don't need bigger risk to get on the right side of the marketplace. Right. Agreed, my friend. Now, another thing that Lydia did is she did not jump into a trade uh, in the same pair after she just exited. Uh, win or lose. All right. Uh, another safeguard that seems to have come out of a prior pain point. Say that 10 prior pain point. <laughs> and I think that that's a smart idea because she admitted that she was an over trader before. And if you're getting out of one pair, win or lose, Maybe it's time to take another look at something else or take a little time and wait for the next opportunity. Right. And, and the thing is, you know, sometimes traders just cannot figure out what is wrong, if it's a wrong market or how they're approaching, uh, how they are sitting through the trade, how they set themselves up on a trade. Now, the thing is also uh, when we first started the conversation here, we talked about community. All right. Um, how a community can help a trader. Um mentioning coaching which you do and you'd go you know you do have a lot of calls uh, with traders one-on-one what are some of the uh, the high points and low points that you discuss with traders in the most part well i think uh one of the one of the first things that i talk to especially to new traders is is the human nature of trading i don't think that people are generally wired in their brain to be successful in this nobody likes to take a loss so there's an avoidance to that you don't want to take a loss. And, um, you know, so we try not to. We'll wait. We'll hope maybe the market will come back. And usually that just ends up creating bigger losses. And the other side of that coin, you finally get a winning trade on. Boy, it feels good to take that winner, even though it's 20 bucks. I don't even think the, the human brain realizes whether it's 20, 200, or 2,000. All it knows is it wants that winning trade. It wants that winning trade. It's got that. All right. Well, uh, great conversation that we had with Lydia, and I uh, hope to have Lydia back with us again. And, John, I hope to have you back again. So, Johnny, a.k.a. Hogue, thanks so much for joining me today. Um, and uh, all right, traders, as always, thank you for spending time with us. Spend some more time with us. Uh, give us feedback on any of our interviews at LimitUp at TopStepTrader.com. And if you have time, please go to the iTunes and leave us a review. Thanks so much, John. Have a great day, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you, Eddie, and thank you, Lydia. Thank you, Lydia. All right, everybody. Take care. See you next time. Editing and post-production of this episode was done by Dante32.
Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.